Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. What do you think is special? <laughs> right. We'll talk about what we're going to talk about on the podcast. Ready? Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Oh, I'll just do, do that again a little bit more, Yubi. Okay. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> uh, yes, we're recording this on the Sunday ahead of a bank holiday Monday because... Um, we've just got lots of listeners in in America, in Australia, I mean, and, yeah. and you know, and oh, hang on, the, Aus- the Australians. I mean, it's their king too. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll be having a day off. <laughs> all, all, our all, Jam- all our Jamaican and Antiguan listeners. Yeah. Do they all have days off tomorrow? I imagine so. I mean, they'll be they'll I be equally as delighted know. delighted as us for the. Uh, the crowning of King Charles. Well, I can gar- I can guarantee everyone in Australia and Jamaica and Canada and everyone else will be as as uh, into the coronation as I am. Yes, I can exactly. guarantee that. <laughs> so, so into it, so into it. Did you watch any of it? Not, I, not a single second. No, I, was, I, I caught a bit. It was on in the background when Thomas had his swimming lesson, uh, and I caught a tiny bit of the coverage after that, but not a lot. Well, stand by, boys, because have I got a story for you? So, <laughs> as long as as long as uh, our new king, I, if I, if I if I had to choose between a republic and a constitutional monarchy, I, I'd take the the lesser of two evils as the constitutional monarchy. I would as well. As long as Same. as long as uh, King Charles III actually lives by his oath that we are sovereign people, and uh, exactly right, then then I'm I'm all good. We're, course, we're all good here. Of course, he won't. He'll make us eat burgers and live in pods. But exactly, you know, <laughs> doesn't exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, how this is oh, a rugby, this is a rugby podcast. Just listen to my story first, right? This, oh, okay. This, yeah, this, go, this go, go, go. Wild story. So my mum. Just what? Are, just what are we drinking while we um? Uh, Provencal rosé. Before we're banned from drinking that too. Okay, fine, nice. So, it's French. Banned from playing rugby. So, we'll be banned from eating red meats, living in houses, and drinking Provencal <laughs> rugby soon. It's it, not good. Sorry, it, Provencal wine. That's if Bill Sweeney's in charge. <laughs> this is not going to be one of those podcasts. No, is it? it's yeah, not yeah. going to no, be no, one no. of those. So, okay, tell so, us yeah, story. We're, so we're drinking this wine uh, because we're quite into the top fourteen just now. So like, well, anyway, quite, yeah. So. My mum is a massive royalist. Massive royalist. Now, she's not a royalist like because she's thought about it like you, Tim. She's a royalist because effectively she likes things like Cinderella and she's got like a very <laughs> Disney sort of view of what the monarchy is. Anyway, she went to see I'm not I think did she go to the funeral of the Queen? I don't know, but she's been or see the body. Oh, no, no, no. She definitely went to the Jubilee. So yeah. on Friday night she camped 
in the in the part of London that she wanted to watch the coronation from. She took a sleeping wow. bag, a bin liner, and a dry robe, camped all night to make sure she got a good view of the king. Amazing. I am mental. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would concur. I wouldn't do it, but I am. I am impressed by people who have that level of commitment for anything. Why? Yeah, I, I agree. The, the, well, the commitment, but it does seem a bit wild. It seems wild. Yeah, um, it's unhinged. Put that energy. Like, I really am very positive about people who have that much energy. But put it into something that learn woodwork or learn gardening. like learn to be an electrician or something like Did something that's going to be useful. Dogging. Gardening. Oh, <laughs> I'm not recommend, recommending my mum to do that. <laughs> what What would you What would you sleep out overnight for? Well, Jimmy, you're putting all of your effort at the moment into CrossFit, so yeah, something like that. I, I, have, I actually have slept overnight twice in my life for something. I've never done that. Whatever. Uh, in 2001, I was 16, or maybe 2002, uh, just after... G- yeah, 2001, um, slept out to get tickets for Oasis's 10-year oh, nice. gigs at the Apollo. That's quite cool. Slept overnight. And that was really good fun. Yeah. It was an amazing like, vibe, atmosphere, and being a 16-year-old who just finished his yeah. GCSEs, there was like bottles of whiskey being passed up and down the line. Really good fun. The second time... Far less um, interested. Um, I s- slept overnight to get my hands on a Nintendo Wii. I was just, <laughs> I was just about so, to say there are so people how, who, who, whose answer to this would be the new iPhone. Oh, but, but, so the third time <laughs> Phil slept rough, he was Ooh. in a closet in London after Sedgley Park left him in the church, as in the nightclub in the the, the nightclub in London, the church. Yeah, that was that was. I guess I was waiting for something because I was waiting for the trains out of Euston to start again. I was dressed as Marty McFly and slipped in a bin cupboard near Euston. I mean, it wasn't voluntary, but you just reminded me of the last time I slept rough for the night. And it it was involuntary. It was involuntary. And it was after we were out at Mojo's. (laughs) And I got uh, ejected from the place and don't remember what happened next. (laughs) Other than I woke up in... The roughest bit of Salford. Nice. Well, about 5am. I'll tease this because we need to talk about some real rugby. But at yeah. the end of this podcast, I'll tell a story about a bouncer that looks just like John Obi McKell, a rugby team and how he lost his job. <laughs> Excellent. Wow. What that, a tease. And, and involves mojos? Oh, it involves mojos, okay. Yeah, it involves Excellent. mojos. Right, this is a rugby podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hit subscribe if you appreciate the fact that we are there for you 52 weeks of the year for very nearly 10 years, closing in on that 10th anniversary, which will be uh, at the start of September. So mm. we'll, just, mm. just the day before the World Cup begins, yep. this podcast turns 10. Fantastic. The real celebration. So if we can earn your uh, subscription wherever you get your podcast, that would be amazing. And, uh, yeah, let's get stuck into some rugby then. We, we already mentioned that we're quite into the top 14 just now. I, I just want to say that <clears throat> despite my cynicism last week, I thought that the coverage of the two live games that BT Sport had this weekend for the Gallagher Premiership round 24, final end of the regular season, they did a really good job at making me care about, mm. about those two games. And it was interesting. So I wasn't watching watching it live, but I was following it live and then watched back the highlights. The kind of arm wrestling, the backwards and forwards between... I mean, it was the only thing that mattered in the league, but yeah. it, it did make quite an entertaining spectacle it with did. Bristol and, and Bath yeah. at various different stages being, uh, well, qualifying for Europe. And t- I was going to ask Tim, do you know, was it mentioned in the live coverage, 
what the financial difference is. Because we know like in football, the Champions question. League is is tens of millions of pounds for qualifying yeah. for the Champions League. I've got in my head something like 500,000 quid. But I think that's football. That was football like years ago. Yeah, football football now is tens of millions. Yeah. Yeah, it I mean, really is. The reality is because of the way that the seeding system will work is you're either going to play Leinster or La Rochelle and get your ass handed to mm. you by then. So that's kind of what Bath and Bristol were playing for. But it's a good question. I don't, I don't know. I'd assume it's a, a chunk... But then I guess for those two teams, it do, the chunk of cash doesn't really matter no. for those two teams as much as it would for, say, Sale or London Irish or salary, Newcastle. There's still a salary cap, so those two clubs aren't going to go bust no. on, on the strength of it. But uh, I think local bragging rights, as much as anything, added the extra dimension to it. And the fact that Gloucester were in the mix made it a bit of a West Country Yeah, West Country Gloucester, thing. They have not had a good second half of the season, no, have they? put it mildly. Yeah. I mean... The problem with Gloucester, of course, is like, if this was Bath, I would be absolutely loving it. I'd be tearing in some, but of course it's Gloucester and I love Gloucester. Mm. Uh, so like, oh, well, you know, maybe next year. You used to love Bath at the well, start uh, of no, no, do you know they, they were your team. I do love Bath. I love Bath as an idea. Like, the, <laughs> the idea of Bath is wonderful, but the execution of Bath is absolutely, absolutely horrific. Uh, not, but not, actually, as as, not as bad as it was. I, I think but, you've got to say Johan van Graan's first season is, I'd say, a modest success it's interesting isn't it more, more I, I positives to, than negatives I tend to agree I think they've still got a lot to work on but I do tend to agree and the way that they so in this game and throughout the season the way that they have turned things round often in the second half I mean it was, it was a three point game at half time this week and they went on to win it by what was it 30 yeah. points um, and they've done not that 30-point win, but they've had significant turnarounds in the second half, which to me means one of two th- things, or, or two of two things. One being, they are clearly a fit team, which which doesn't happen by accident. They, you've got to actually work on that, mm. because everyone's trying to be the fittest team. There's no one, there's no one who's trying to be an unfit team. <laughs> so that's a positive. And the second with Bath is, I actually think maybe... In their pack, they are actually getting to the point where they might be more than the sum of their parts, which is because their pack is not—it's not a flashy pack. They've got some flashy names in the back line, like um, Lawrence and Thokana Singer and um, Redpath. Ben Spencer. Spencer's good one, yeah, and others. But in the in their pack, it's more of an Underhill, Tom Dunn, Dave Atwood, McNally type of vibe it's a hard working nuggety pack and so for them to get be winning that arm wrestle towards the end of the game as other teams are dipping suggests those two things or yeah, that's one one or both of those two things which I think are positives they're what Van Graham would have set out at the start of the season to try and achieve and it looks like he has the counterfactual we will never know <laughs> is how good would Bath be had Worcester not folded and they, mm. and they, yeah, well, <laughs> and they like, had on a silver platter oh yeah. the, ga- the game-changing players that they gave them? Add to that list of very hard-working, nuggety players, Ted Hill, who is one of the best examples and most important players. So that is a great point, because I, th- I think they maybe would have been bottom. And, and Ollie Lawrence is, has won them games. Yes, yeah. Ted correct. Hill is one, one of those guys that... If you move to France, he'd be the best player in France. Like, he'd be one of those guys like, how do you miss, miss out on Ted Hill? And he'd win pro four, uh, top 14 player of the year. Like Zach Mercer, like um, Carl Perns, like loads of other like guys. Like the two Willis boys who yeah. go oh, yeah. who go head-to-head in an hour from now. So let's just go back and talk about the modest success of Jon van Graan. Right, I've got a few thoughts on this. 
and I don't think Johan van Grand's a bad coach or a good coach. I don't really have an opinion of him. But my question would be, how was he selected for the Bath job? And I base this on you know, your other head coaching selections. So Leicester would be the one that I look at, and maybe Sale as well. But I know that I know the process that Leicester went through in order to get their coach, and it was in depth. So they're talking to coaches because you can't change the squad you've got. The salary cap means you can't change it. So here are your players. What do you know about your players? What is the strategy that you're going to employ when you play your games to utilise these mm. players? Well, it's it's, yeah, it's a lot slower to change the players than it is the coach. Yeah. The coach changes like that. The players change over a big period of time. Yeah. yeah. So you know, if you've got someone in to Leicester, for instance, mm. he's got to undo all of these long-term contracts which have got so many boys on. If you don't like you know, what they have in their stable, it would be a very unhappy few years for your fans. Mm-hmm. Now... I would love to know if they just got Johan van Grand because he's a big name, George Munster, but was there a process to make sure, actually, this personality fits these players? And if there wasn't, I think he has done a really good job because he's got to somehow make those players into the ones that he wants. Mm. It's really difficult. So, yeah. And, and I, another thing which happened at Bath this week, Stuart Hooper left. I, I was just going to mention that. Which is about time, unfortunately. It, it is. Uh, I read that announcement with some surprise but I think if I was a Bath fan I'd be quite pleased because nothing Hooper was a good captain and good leader on the pitch you know what I actually think from my interactions with him talking to him in press briefings and whatnot when I actually bothered to do that sort of stuff he seems like a really decent bloke yeah I, I have absolutely no doubt his depth. that he's a top bloke but yeah being kind of parachute into director rugby with the dif- dysfunction that Bath had around it that we've spoken about many times before that it's pay- plain for anyone to see that is an absolute nightmare position for him to go into it wasn't right and then he he kind of been promoted um, upstairs despite all of his and the team's failings was a weird he only failed just, upwards yeah he just needed to get out of there I don't think... I, what's sad about this whole situation is I don't know if he leaves a better person coming out of it. I don't know if you would look at his skills when he arrived and when he left, if he's benefited from it. I'm sure he'd be benefit far more from, say, going to know, Leeds Carnegie or... I say Leeds because that's who he used to play for. But somewhere which isn't Bath and sort of learn your trade and don't just keep giving him new, more senior titles every time he fails. Let him fail, let him learn. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. There's, there's something on the line. Oh, it's gone. Good. Yeah, okay. Phenomenal. Fine. Um, yeah, I, th- I think going into, rather than just kind of jumping in at the deep end, um, going to a work as a number two, as a specific coach and doing rotations as a specific coach within a good organisation. Something like like Borthwick did across many years or Ron O'Gara has done across yeah. many years. Like, follow... Th- those, if you've got the right attributes, those are the kind of paths you don't want to jump straight up to the top job. You want to and fail spectacularly. If you want to be a professional coach, and you've got your foot in the door in a Premiership team, say someone transitioning into coaching now, like Byron McGuigan is going into coaching. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yeah, is he coaching? Because he, he's retiring. Is he coaching? Is it one of the youth teams, or is he actually going as? He a, coaches all, all. Well, he's done across Preston, the He's done Rosendale. He's done Oxford University. Bowden. Um, where else has he been? He's been, he's been on. So yeah. he, oh, he's been learning his craft. But I think if you're in that situation, you you beg someone like Saracens to take you on. 
or you beg to work under Steve Borthwick or precisely. You, know, you want you know if you're really into misery, La Rochelle, or go go to like yeah. like Ron O'Gara did stints in France. He did stints in New Zealand. Go and do go and be an assistant coach. Beg Eddie Jones for a year of misery, <laughs> and it would be miserable. Yeah. Do you know who did a year of misery with Eddie Jones? Uh, who hasn't? Al- <laughs> He's had about forty-five coaches. Alex Sanson did a year of misery with Eddie Jones. Yeah, when he was, I want to say, with the Reds, and they wow. suffered their worst defeat in South Africa ever. I think I, I, there's a there's an article written by the excellent Charlie Morgan, and I don't know how you get hold of it, but I've, I've read it. It's brilliant and documents. I'm not sure if it documents Sanderson working for him, or if it documents the year Eddie Jones had with Sanderson's input, but it's something like that, and it's a really good read. Now, there was another coaching announcement at Bath. Is it this week or last week? Last couple of weeks. Did was this... Um, an assistant coach? Yeah. Great appointment, I think. So, now, I think that is one of those... Um, in ten years' time, you might, or five years' time, you might look back and think that is a really astute move, potentially for both parties, because... Really, really great blacket, and he's shown that he's not kind of too big or too proud, and he'll he'll go and do a job to hone his skills. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Blackett did more of that a stint in France, a stint in Japan, or a stint in Super Rugby um, to hone his craft before coming back an even better or um, more well-rounded coach. Well, I think the question you have to ask again, as always with Bath, is are they just putting together celebrity parts? Because anyone who knows well, that rugby, that is a, yeah. it could just be that. Yes, it exactly could be a disaster right. for both sides. Yeah, the fact that I like Lee Blackett so much as a coach exactly and as an I individual, I want to see the positives in it. But you could be a hundred percent. Yeah, it could be right. Like, Lee Blackett's on the market. Get him. What yeah. do you think of Jon Van Grand's rugby? He hates it. Brilliant. Get him in. Get him in. Like you can just see that conversation in Bath. Yeah. The problem with Bath is the people that run the club don't really know anything about rugby. It could be like pairing uh, Leroy Houston, Toby Faletau and Sam Burgess <laughs> in the back row. Exactly. You might think there's, there's some big names there. It could be dynamite. <laughs> or, it's not going to work. What about their friends up the road at Bristol? That's more interesting. And the first mm. thing the first thing I want to say on, on uh, Bristol is there's been quite a lot of moaning at Saracens and the team which they put out against Bath. Well, none of their business. Go yeah. and win some games. I totally agree. That, that's, yeah. ba- that's basically the point. I was oh, Saracens, whatever. Just be better. Oh, grow up. And I said, as we said to London Irish fans who were moaning that Saracens <laughs> put out a weaker team against Northampton one week and then their full ball team against London Irish the next. Just be better. Yeah. yeah. And the, the two extra bits I would add to that, because it, it does stop there, but there are two extra bits. One being... Saracens have got a load of international players who they do they have mandated rest for them so they they were probably ticking a few of those boxes as semi-final well semi-final next weekend and yeah. semi-final against Northampton who had a week off yeah. so they want to have their play it's entirely up to them because they've earned the right to do it so they're just replicating what Northampton yeah. have done the London Irish example is even more egregious really because London Irish were arguing that this is going to cost them a place in the top four. Well, what's the point in going in the top four if you can't beat Saracens? Mm. Don't bother. <laughs> Stay with <it. laughs> Exactly. Yes. Uh, but um, they, they managed a good win. And thanks to Chuck Piatau and Semi Randrandra actually being on the field, actually playing how we know they can, um, handed me a second fancy rugby draft oh. title. Oh, congratulations, mate. Have you, you brought yourself a ring? So humble. 
and I'll be buying myself another ring. Another yeah. ring. <laughs> and I will, I, Tom I Brady be, of uh, yeah. fancy rugby draft. And I'll be the eternal champion. Oh, as it, as it oh yeah, of out, course. Like the American uh, a, think. Olympic sevens team, which yeah. are still the Olympic. Oh, no, they no, were, no, they're not. They were for best, they, almost 100 almost years. Almost 90-something years. Yeah, so until fantasy rugby oh, draft returns, yeah. or an alternative game is good enough to take our, to take our interest. Yeah. Uh, I anyone building a game for premiership rugby. So we, or with a five-year shelf life, no way. So I play draft fantasy football. Now, there is a League version, but it's rubbish. Uh, so we use Fantrax, which is an American sports provider. They do uh, NFL, NBA, NHL, baseball, NASCAR. That's how it was, Tim. All, all of, the, um, all of the, the rest of it. But currently they don't do rugby. So maybe there's a gap in the market for them because they are top fourteen fancy rugby. That, that'll get us. They into are it. not. They are not bad. It's not a bad service. I mean, it has the occasional, <laughs> the occasional minor um, blip, but generally pretty good. Mm. Oh. <laughs> um, do, do you think Pat Lan is going to be gone in the summer? Well, or, or shuffled upstairs. Dave Walder's coming in. Last thing you should do is shuffle him upstairs. Yeah, maybe, maybe bring in coaches around him. Like if. Dave Walder gets appointed as a uh, Stuart Lancaster as, as he was a senior coach, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Something like that. It maybe not the worst thing in the it world. It depends on the personality, isn't it? And from what I've seen of Pat Lamb, he needs to go. Like my interactions with him, um, the way he speaks. Yeah, you know, I, I don't oh. think he's a genuine. I like I him. I don't think he's genuine. I mean, that's what I think. I just don't think he's a genuine person in the way he behaves or acts. And that sounds very harsh, but you know. <laughs> The Holy and Tempest thing really laid him bare. I think it, I think it exposed him. And I've heard a fair few whispers about the way he acts, and that sort of confirmed it for me. So I don't think he's the sort of guy well, I'm, who would just move upstairs and let someone I, take I, I would just defend him by saying if we were all judged uh, by our weakest or poorest moment, then none of us would, would, be, would look too great. Right, true. Uh, but he still needs to go. And all, my only experience of Pat Lamb is great, and I... I like how he talks. Yeah, I just don't believe I, 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 like, I love how his teams play. I don't play, believe I love a word he says, though. Yeah, well, I love this, how his teams play. I mean, maybe your opinion is coloured from when he's spending loads more money than everyone else. Because the way his team plays now is only occasionally okay. Well, the problem is this season is they go from absolutely awesome and blowing teams away. They, they, they absolutely pump Northampton by 50 and then they go and lose to a team by 50. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, they, they live in the extremes. They can be incredible. Exactly like that team that finished top of the table a couple of years ago. Mm. And then lost Holdwins. They can be there and then they can... 28-0 up. 28-0 after, up. after 28 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Point in a minute, it should have been 18-0. Sliding doors moment, that. Um, really is. Just on Sir Charles and Semi... Like the league is poor with those two not in it. Massively. Right, okay, let's just stop there. Um, Charles Peters out is a world-class, world, world-class player. The league is worse without him. Radranda, you're, you're mad. You're mad. He's you a good player. He, he's a good player for the right money, not for the amount that they're paying him. He's worth nothing like that. So the money... The money's no, no com- largely no relevant. Yeah, no comment on the money for what I'm saying right now. I, I, t- I actually agree that he's probably not worth the money that they pay. He is an amazing talent. The the um, try he scored, was it Adam Hastings? He, yeah. I, and one of the... Hastings and Atkinson? Where he just... That's what you want to see from him. Yeah. He did it to um, the Harlequins, small Harlequins flanker, Will Evans, um, 
earlier in the season. I absolutely love his power game when he uses it, when they use it. They just don't use it. (laughs) They don't use it enough. I love power games. I love power games as much as the next guy. But I think there's so many more outside centres who are more valuable. So he's been injured a lot and he hasn't delivered. But that first season he was in the Premiership when his very presence made Piers O'Connor look like an England international centre. Well, we've not seen Piers <laughs> because O'Connor Because teams since. had to double... Dub, well, exactly. Yeah, so, well, like, you yeah. got to remember that first year when Bristol finished top. Piers O'Connor's Semi class. Semi was world class. He did... He, Piers O'Connor did... People were talking about England call-up. I... Yeah. Three men are marking uh, semi. I, I, I tend to agree with the point that he's not worth the money. Now... Is he worth the money? He, he was a marquee, though. So yeah, he was this, a marquee this player. is this is where, and I'm. I think I definitely think you're on something, JB, with the um, Pat Lamb not being genuine or, be, or being disingenuous. Yeah. Or, um, but actually, that only matters so much if you are a really good coach. Um, mm. Now, I think he is a good coach. Part of the problem has been he built a team for. Seven and a half million salary cap with two marquee players. He then has the rug pulled under him and he's got a five million and one marquee player. He has to totally rebuild. That will take some time. And this is where I'm I really want to see him because if he rebuilds and goes back to top four and pushing for titles, then I would say absolutely he is a good coach. Yep. He's a top coach. I want him to be given the chance to do that. Because if he doesn't, if he fails, and in three years' time they're still battling it out for eighth place, despite being, they will still be one of the top spending. Then it's a so he is no. And the other element I will just jump in with is they Bristol finished one point behind Exeter Chiefs, and you wouldn't one point over a twenty-game season. You would not question Rob Baxter's coaching well quality, would you? No. No, initially. And then they and I would say Exeter, the reason they're in seventh and 48 points, one point ahead of Bath and Bristol, is that the the adjustment to the salary cap has caught them out big time. And, yeah. and, and actually, so, this will be an anomaly of a season when we look back in five years' time. Yeah, so Phil said something then which is interesting, right? Which is like, let's see him rebuild. And I kind of agree with that. But it makes you think of a more fundamental issue that Bristol are dealing with, which is... Should your coach even be rebuilding? Like, what are the what's the demarcation between coaching and building a squad? I think they're very different things. So, as this salary cap tight, well, it's not going to get tight; it's going to go up actually. But as teams get more used to it, I think we're going to see coaches only coaching and being given the squad that they need to coach. And there's going to be a like, American football style general manager, and that could well be Pat Lamb's job. So, Pat Lamb's job actually might not be anything to do with coaching or styles of play it's selecting who is the head coach and who is the team to go with that head coach and then organizing a bunch of people to make sure that he knows everyone who's available they've got systems and processes for recruiting the right players for the right systems and then just plugging them into what they've built can Pat Lamb do that I don't know I think he's an old school coach who's got too much power probably well, isn't it interesting that that role that you just described is exactly what Rob Baxter started the season as at Exeter Mm. and as the season went on he's come back down the steps to the touchline and he's got his tracksuit on and he's the man in front of the media he's the He's the main man head coach again, so, yeah. basically. So you wonder, like, who are the best people at this? And um, The answer is that I don't know. Steve Diamond tried to do this at Sale and he then quickly did. came back out onto the training paddock as well. Steve Diamond's won... When, who was the coach? Brian Redpath. Yes. Wasn't it? That wasn't good enough. Um, 
what was the other one? There's another one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, think about who these guys might be. They might be guys you don't know of because Harlequins uh, have a chief exec. Um, is it Dalrymple if I made that up? Someone Dalrymple? I'm not sure. Don't know. Can't. Yeah. Chief exec. They've got a general manager and then they've got a director of rugby and then they've got their four the, coaches. The coaching team. And that general manager, I suspect, has a lot more input as to like who they sign and the systems to get those to get those players in. Because actually, think about the complexities of rugby. If you're coaching a scrum every day, how do you know which props to bring in? How have you got those connections? You need someone else to do that. It's going to be really, really hard. So I don't think Pat Lamb is going to be the kind of guy. He's either going to be coaching or recruiting. But I don't think he can do both. Whenever you talk about people getting kind of promoted up to a job they're not good at I, I, it's, it's the Peter Principle I always yeah. always think of the Peter Principle well, you... St- Steve Diamond promoted himself to a level that <laughs> I mean Steve Diamond could have been the sales to see was he CEO or did he, he was what, a direct he, he wasn't named what did he promote himself to he promoted himself to the CEO and then went back if I remember correctly I think it was Emperor <laughs> I can't remember exactly but I'm sure well, just yeah, as, had a staff. Just as we mentioned, Steve Diamond, can, is uh, Phil? I'll, I'll look into you because you're quite good at these things. Are you able to summarise what the is going on with Wasps and Worcester? Oh, probably not. Um, I saw there was a loan this week from the Wasps' new owner to Worcester to help them secure six ways. I've seen the Atlas Group; of, they've confirmed as taking over Worcester. Wasps. Alice Group has taken over Worcester. But, yeah, they're, but they're still trying to do the merger with Stourbridge, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At- Atlas has finally taken over. Stourbridge or whatever it is. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. They were trying to merge with Stourbridge, drop down the leagues, so retain is- six ways, have Wasps playing out of six ways, um, potentially. Wasps, meanwhile, there's a place being held for them, uh, as we spoke about last week. Um, Which is both disrespectful and ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. In the championship... Despite the fact they've not got a team, made them play the kids rules. Uh, made them work the way the whole the whole yeah. way up. Made yeah. Them play the kids. yeah, got to play the whole way up. Um, so no, I can't do it succinctly. But it, it's the the simplest thing I can say is it's all a bit of a mess, and it makes the RFU who have sent clubs down to the bottom of the pyramid previously, like Richmond or London Scottish or others, um, London Welsh. Um, it makes them, it look a bit of a farce. Proper, it's proper George Orwell animal farm, like that. we are all equal, but some are more equal than yeah, others. And it seems to be the only thing they're loyal to is the brand of wasps. I do mm. get it. Wasps is a hell of a brand. It's got a lot of history. And it will still be there. But they screw, yeah, exactly. Mm. They screwed themselves. Mm. They screwed themselves. No one yeah, else yeah. to blame. R- Richmond was a great rugby club. And yep, that went down, came Let's back. come back. Yeah. 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 London yeah, yeah. Scottish, the same. Yeah. And they've gone down. London Scottish has gone down again? Nope. They, they, avo- they avoided relegation. Richmond went. Richmond uh, did they? Got the relegation spot. Yeah. Mm. Fair play, Scottish. Well yeah. done, Scottish. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, um, so kids, R- Richmond playing kids rules. Kids, kids rules for Richmond. Oh my God! Did you see the tweet from the R- from the RFU this week? Uh, asking for tackle champions. Can you imagine the people <laughs> well, signing up? Well, hi, I'm Dawn. Uh, I've been in the women's section of uh, old old Antonians for two years now, and I'm here to teach you all how to tackle. No, no. I, all I want to say is those people who have advocated for this law change, and and a lot of get, people, get bloody um, some, Ad McGeady to yeah, coach it. Some people disagree with us, JB. Yeah, Paul Williams can, can come coach me. I, I would say this is again, and I would differentiate between child rules 
I, I coach an under fifteen team, and the children's rules that will be playing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I coach an under fifteen team, and actually, I, I can understand because these are under eighteen; they they don't have informed consent. So, with all the uh, concussion awareness, it's hard. So, I, un- I actually don't mind. I don't like it, but I don't mind. But adults, uh, I have a massive issue with this, particularly as I think the data, as we've gone over before, data doesn't justify it. The blanket approach, rather than trial, mm. is unnecessary and potentially dangerous potentially dangerous <laughs> and the the actual wording of the laws is so it's not going to bother so me so weak it's not going to bother me because i won't be playing it yes i know <laughs> and um, many many other people won't be playing it yeah but the people that are advocating for it in spite of those issues which i would raise they if, if they don't put their money where their mouth is and sign up to be a tackle champion imagine come on paul, come on paul williams yeah. Come, on, come on, Lee and uh, Josh. Come on. I don't think Lee Tackle advocated champions. for it. I don't no. think Lee advocated. No, no, he didn't. Maybe Josh did. Yes. Maybe Josh and, did. Uh, Lee wouldn't do that. And Mike. Uh, yeah. Oh, Mike Bubbins. Your pal. Mike, yeah. Come Co- on, tackle Co- champion, right there. I want you. And, and, and I say this. I say this genuinely. I want to stand at Broughton Park on a Thursday night when, in fact, even better at Richmond in National One. Yeah. I want to see Mike Bubbins trot out as a tackle champion and, and say Mark Bright you've been playing for <laughs> 25 years let me teach you how is, to tackle is Mark Bright going to do, do another year I don't know one more year Why one more year Mark Bright yeah I mean if Tom Brady went to what 45 Mark Bright can do that so no so genuinely I, I've been sort of joking around genuinely if you advocated for this be a tackle champion oh put my god money, can you money, imagine put your money where like, is come but, on but like we'd literally be we would be coached by some of the worst people in rugby. Like, the exact people you don't want to spend your time with would be there telling you how to tackle. It's like, it's the end of days for me, that is. I, Absolute I, end of days. I, I'm willing for people to have a different opinion to me, but to be perfectly good, honourable people just to say... Hello, as, I'm Tom. I, I, I play third team at Burnage. I'm all for the changes, and I'm here to tell you how to tackle. Fuck off, Tom. I mean, it's that simple, isn't it? <laughs> You'll be playing in Wales, anyway. I, you know, I'm more... I'm people more are entitled to have a different opinion. They're uh, entitled to have an opinion, but, yeah. like, when can are, you imagine? When are the law changes being announced in Wales and Scotland? Well, never, because they've got to pass through their respective committees and councils. And Wales is a bit of a mess at the moment. Yeah, they've got other Snake things to worry about. They've got massive things to worry about. Whether they want to upset the community game even more is, I don't know, let's, let's find out. I'm, waited, I'm waiting with bated breath. Mm. Um, yeah. The, the, the attitude that I've seen expressed a bit is, oh, if it doesn't go well, we can just change it back. I just... That was... Change, uh, it shows the low IQ and low quality of... The rugby commentariat. That's all it is. I mean, they've obviously not engaged in it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't no, want to talk no, about no, it. I can't no. talk about it anymore. I can't. Let's move on. I'm sorry I even took us down that. Yeah. Channel. So, Wasps and Worcester, a bit of a mess. Yes, that's, that's, that's what yeah. um, London Irish, these rumours do not go away. Now, I want to bring your attention to two other things. So, the rumours around London Irish are not going away, which is a hell of a shame because I've really grown to like London Irish over the last couple of months. Um, more. <laughs> Simon Massey Taylor said, and I can't quite get the quote off the top of my head, but something like when asked about a 10 team league. Yes. He. Do you have the quote there? Do you know the quote I'm referring to? Yes, I think I do. I think I do have it here. Um, Carry on and I'll try and find it. So the quote is something along the lines of we think we'll get to 10 teams, 
through natural wastage. Yes, that's exactly what he said. Oh, no, 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 sorry, that's not exactly what he said. That was exactly the thrust of what he said. Yeah, now, the wording might be slightly different. Now, if that is true, right? George Skibbington says, I think we're heading for a 10-team league. Um, when he was asked, um, Simon Massey-Taylor said, quote, a lot has been talked around a 10-team league and you can see the logic within that because a number of our games are clashing with the international windows. That has had an impact on viewership and attendances. Yeah, that, 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 that's why. That, that's the only reason. But the um, actual smoking gun for me was the bit where he said, like, I'm sure it is involving natural wastage. And I think that's a few months ago. Now, if that's, if that's the case, if the RFU... So, well, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt. So, uh, he, I haven't seen that natural wastage. He says, um, "Give me a first, let me grab my phone. Uh, oh. He says, "How would eleven go into ten? That is something we're very sensitive uh, sensitive to because we have eleven shareholding clubs. Is it in a structured way or promotion and relegation? That bit we are debating at the moment, and there is also the question of when. So, once again, this is decisions been made." Just like with, with the with the tackle high. Oh yeah, we're consulting. We haven't made a call. We, 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 we're just consulting, getting your opinion. No, decision's been made and they'll try and find a way to justify the decision that has already been made. And they're hoping that the decision will be made for them because London Irish or mm. Newcastle will go bust. Um, it, uh, that, that, the, the disingenuous truth behind the public statements at the RFU and in rugby in general are the bits that I really detest just now. I'd rather be told. I'd, it's like, do you want to do you want to be killed by a, a death by a thousand cuts or just a bullet to the head? Just mm. t- tell me the f- yeah, truth. Yeah. Just tell me how it is. Yeah. yeah, we're going to ten teams, and we're hoping one of them goes bust. But I imagine, or, or, hope- or we will do that when one of them is unsustainable. But this is something which doesn't sit particularly well with me, which is you've got eleven shareholders, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to to be actively hoping that one of your eleven members goes under to implement your plan. It doesn't seem optimum to me. In fact, Phil, they're saying that you um, shared with us a few weeks ago, uh, show me behaviour and I'll show you an incentive, or vice versa. Show, yeah, show me an incentive and I'll show you the outcome. Yeah, okay. Right. Like, this doesn't... If they're looking for a team to go bust, does that mean that... I mean, are they helping teams to get through? <laughs> I mean, what is... How does that work? It can't work well. Do they help certain teams, or are there other teams on the blacklist? And, and just to, oh. just to tie into, oh, come on, Phil. I was going to say, so that quote. I've not seen that quote, but if it's if it's anywhere near that natural wastage, that's not good. But to to try and put a more charitable um, spin on this, they might be thinking, well, Newcastle. They're not spending up to the salary cap at the moment. They might be happier. This this is trying to put a charitable spin on mm-hmm. it. They might be happier to take a step back for a few years, have a few good winning years in the championship, grow their fan base, grow the team, grow, bring natural um, talent through their academy to get a sustainable position where they're not having to buy in people from South Africa, Italy, Argentina, wherever. Um, and that naturally allows them to shrink the league for a short period and then you've got 11 teams who are really, or maybe even 12 or 13 teams who are really competing for those 10 spaces. The yeah. less charitable uh, angle to that is they don't want 11 shareholders. They, they want 10 <coughs> because yeah. then the money they have will be spread further. And this, yeah. uh, something you <coughs> mentioned on last weekend's podcast, which I would highly recommend listening to the NFL episode of the Acquired podcast, it's ace, which, which I listen to and it's brilliant. Yeah, And the... I, 
with rugby as my interest, there was so many. So you found much, yourself wanting wanting to self harm as you, as you listen to. <laughs> so much spoke to me on that, and just talking about this now, this is the, the antithesis of the approach for the NFL over the years. And the reason the NFL is a success is because league first has always been mm. the mentality to the to the point where some teams took a hit financially. Mm to grow the pie bigger for, for everyone for everyone and you look at the ter- you look at the value of NFL franchises now and that is why and this is what rugby cannot do some turkeys have got to vote for christmas or some people have got to realize you've got to think 10 20 years as your horizon mm. not not next year well the the one that got me and i know it will never happen but when they were talking about the AFL and the NFL merging and the the like full start for the AFL yeah. and then the second start and the, the the merger there, I couldn't help think back to the split. The like in England, like we are we primarily an English rugby podcast. We cover English rugby more than anything else, and in England, not half, but a big proportion of the people who are interested in a physical, confrontational, aggressive game like rugby are watching the other physical, confrontational, aggressive game of rugby. Yeah. If you're talking 20-year horizon, maybe the solution is you've got to solve that problem. Just on men's rugby, right? That's a great shout Just Just on men's rugby, how many players are we missing? Because let's just strip away the women, let's strip away the mixed ability teams, let's strip away touch rugby and walking rugby and I don't know, whatever nonsense that they want to... Well, wheelchair rugby, which is a great sport. That that is a great sport. They're all great sports for the people, but we're interested in right now. We're 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 interested in men's rugby. rugby. Adult men's rugby. Adult men's rugby, right? That's what I'm interested in, only. Um, Actually, I'm wheelchair rugby, it's pretty cool. But, (laughs) like, there's only a... there might be a big farm base, and Union might mm. have captured the farm base, so the farm base might be skewed. But of the actual people that can play the sport, I wouldn't be surprised if like it's a fifty-fifty split, it's particularly around like Yorkshire and uh, Lancashire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you know, if you love physical sports, you're going to be playing rugby league. We're probably missing you know, thousands and thousands of England internationals. See that what what Phil just did there, and what you're, you're you two are touching on is the the kind of big picture thinking which rugby needs. Like there's. N- there is, there's a lot of shuffling of deck chairs on the Titanic, and oh, we'll change this law, and that'll solve <laughs> yeah, it. And what, yeah. what, what if we just do this? Then that'll happen. But you may, uh, you may well be right for well, actually you, the twenty year time horizon. It's actually the objective is we have one code of rugby. Mm. Yeah. Well, to tell you what's really interesting about rugby mm. league, right? And maybe I'm talking out of school. Maybe I'm talking out of school. So email me if you think that I'm wrong. But if you talk to a rugby league player, right, particularly around Yorkshire. Uh, around Rugby League Heartlands. And you ask them why they like Rugby League over Rugby Union. One of the top reasons they all give is because it's more physical and because they like you know, the higher shots and the more the more confrontational aspects of the game. And it is... I mean, Rugby League does frighten me a bit. I'm not going to lie. It, they, their players do frighten me just, just a touch. Because they're just hard. They're just hard. So, like, if that's what's appealing to people in areas where it, where it's played... Where it's not played, the only outlet is actually rugby union. And they're taking that away. The idiots are taking that away. I I think a lot of it is purely, uh, certainly for you, certainly for for league, this is my my perspective with a few league players in the under 15s team that I coach, is it's more kind of tribal. It's like the. the, the, Very tribal. The the rugby league player, the rugby league lads, these 15 year old lads, their dads played for that club, their Mm. their granddad played for that club. 
they, 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 it's not that they would never move clubs. Mm. That's who, that's who they play for. It's unthinkable. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely unthinkable. And I think there's a lot more of that in rugby. Well, league. do you know the rugby union town, which should definitely be a rugby league town? But it's just ge- ge- geography. It didn't happen. It's Gloucester. Gloucester should 100% be a rugby league town. That has got rugby league written all over it. It's a small town. It's working class, sort of industrial-ish. You know, that well, is ag- agriculture. Agriculture. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Is, yeah, it's kind of like somewhere you'd find in Cumbria. Like it mm. should be a rugby league town, but it doesn't have it. So it's the most r- rugby union, rugby league, or rugby league rugby union town that there is. Mm. I don't <sighs> think that problem is going to get solved. I don't think it will ever get solved. But well, that's well, the not, kind of problem you've got to solve yeah. if you if you want to deal well, with. If the you situation want the rugby league got, lads back, right? You've got to make sure the game is more free flowing, but more confrontational. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to come for a softer game. Oh, no no chance. Just not interested. But also more free-flowing. Free so weirdly, when we talk about the player safety and like the tackle law, we're talking about more free-flowing. Flow, free well, Rugby League manages to make a very free-flowing game, do but you, with incredible amounts of danger. Do you think, and we've talked about before people like Jonathan Haidt, again, to mention another non-rugby uh, touch point on Jonathan Haidt talking about safetyism overall and within the culture and parents don't let their kids go to the park mm. at the end of the road anymore. The coddling of the American coddling mind. Coddling of the American mind being a book that's well worth a read. Yeah, or uh, just there is a short version available. Like oh, a, of course. The, uh, yeah, yeah oh the coddling. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, the, sorry, Tim, go on. No, no, no. So I was going to say, do, do you not think um, it's inevitable that where Rugby Union is now, Rugby League will be in five years' time? No, I don't actually, because... I suspect... So, there's a rugby team in Staffordshire called Rudgley. Have you heard of Rud... No, I don't think so. Or Rugely, maybe. <laughs> maybe it's Rugely, maybe it's Rugely. In I, northern France. Yeah, yeah, Rugely in Staffordshire, right? <laughs> and they, after the high tackle off, set up their own rugby league team. Mm. You know, Didsbury are, are going to set up their own rugby well, league already, team. You've already got the Chevron kit. We've already got the Chevron kit. I mean, we're, <laughs> like, we're good to go. We've got loads of rugby league players, too. don't know why in Didsbury we've got so many rugby league players. We've got loads of them. So... A few, I think, not many, but I think a few teams will start to play rugby league. Now, the danger is going to be for towns like Widnes, like Lee, like St. Helens. Do you see a pattern emerging here, boys? Uh, Wigan, Aspel, <laughs> all these teams have many, many rugby league options. And they'll go and play. They'll definitely mm-hmm. go and play. Yeah, I think so. Less of a problem if you're in uh, Bath or Bristol yeah. or Gloucester, Shroud... Uh, you two talk about something that you two know about. I'm going to get that bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the one next to you? Is that the one Phil brought? Uh, uh, no, that that is that's some oh, prosecco. prosecco. Yeah, fine. Phil, JB will go and get that. Uh, well, let's, we'll talk about actual rugby while J- JB's yes. there. Because um, what other games did you see bits of? Or um, I've, I've seen all of the Premiership highlights. Uh, Chris Ashton's red card. Oh, uh, soft. I, ho- I, I hope he. I think that I'm, I'm hoping and I'm expecting that this will be another card which will be rescinded. Yeah, I think it might be. Result didn't matter. It's more relevant to whether he can see out his career or, or whether he's already ended his career or whether yes. he gets another crack. It did feel, because who was he tackling? Uh, Murley. Yes. And Murley was very low. He was very low and probably falling and... Ashton wasn't accelerating into it. So it, it felt like, yeah, fine, give me a yellow card. But red just, it was just too much. Yeah. Um, quite an interesting game. Quite um, We had quite a range of games this weekend from 
like the Leicester Quins and the Irish Exeter, which were arm wrestles, even three though three point games. Yeah, and low scoring three point games, even though there was nothing on the line. To sale, sale, absolute beatdown on Newcastle and Bath Saracens yeah, pumping Saracens. Bath Saracens with ninety points being scored. Yeah, uh, and Sale Newcastle was very similar to. Uh, Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Northampton, Northampton Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah. Newcastle scored. Nice try they're after, the, they're, they're after the five beach. minutes. They're on the beach. Yeah, nice try after five minutes. And then it's done. No one wants to get injured, so they miss the CrossFit competition or yep. Ibiza, wherever they're going to. I can't remember what his first name is. I was just thinking back to the Saracens. A lot of youngsters turned out for Saracens, including Kieran Bracken's son. Yes. Scrum half. Yeah. What was his name? Kieran Bracken's eldest, that yeah, is. So he's got other... C, his initials are C, so I assume that's like probably Colin. <laughs> Colin Bracken. Um, maybe, maybe. Yeah, Clive Bracken. <laughs> sure it's one of those two. Almost definitely. Um, <laughs> Please be um, Colin. The, the Saracens team, I mean, it really is... Like, there's guys in there that I'd never heard of. Is it six... Six debutants, six premiership debutants yeah. in the twenty-three. Um, so it did show kind of what they were putting out and and how they were preparing for next week is really the focus. What was that ridiculous try? Was that Manu Vanapola? Manu Vanapola scored an amazing try. try. That was absolutely class. And Manu Vanapola, I feel like he a few years ago he was kind of the number two ten. And then I feel like he's dropped off a little bit and yeah. Alex, Alex Good has been the number 210. But that was an ace try. Great to see Elliot Daly back as well. Yeah, and his pass for the Shegun yeah. try was awesome. Yes. Coming into the line. But fair play Bath in that one. Yep, yeah, 100%. So that's really the... I mean, I didn't see any of Irish VX, but it looked like a good game. Nothing really on it. A couple of nice tries. Nice that Irish finished a tough week. Yeah. I really hope Irish get it sorted. Yeah, so do I. For the for the players, for the fans, because they've they've actually got a nice team and they bring through talent as well. Like for English talent and the league talent, they are important. In terms of flexing your squad, did you see Leinster's team? Nine <laughs> nine changes to the fifteen from the Champions Cup semi final against Toulouse, and they absolutely pump the Sharks. Yeah. It's Harry Byrne, Kieran Frawley, Dave Carney, Luke McGrarin, Max Deegan, Sean Penny, Jason Jenkins, Ryan Baird all in. Dave Kearney, Dave Carney, yeah. Uh, Milne, uh, Lou said prop. Yeah, I mean, they've got some f- ridiculous talent. To be able to do that, and like you look at the. I know. Ox and Cheyenne. Yeah, Umbanambi in the front row, two oh. World Cup winning front row players. Yeah, Thomas Tatoy is um, South African international tight head. Yeah, um, I know they're missing. So they've got Grobbler. I know they're missing. Um, 
Etzabeth. Khaleesi oh, and Etzabeth. Etzabeth, yeah. Yeah, Khaleesi, who's um, injured his cruciate, cruciate ligament, I think, I remember reading. Yeah, he's touching, um, touch and go for Touch and go Cup. for the World Cup. But even... Lucanio, so, Ammon, Mapimpi. Yeah, and Fassi. And Fassi. I mean, they've got some players. And to, uh, just to pump them... Yes. ...is very impressive. Yeah. Ominously impressive. Um, it could be... I know JB said um, Ireland can choose one thing. Um, Six Nations, that means they're not going to win anything else. I'm not sure I'd be betting against them to win uh, another one or two things. tend to agree with you there. Uh, Munster, it was a really good win for them, away at Glasgow. A red card again. Uh, I didn't. Um, Have you seen that? No. It, it was a red card. It was a red card, was it? Good. Out, out wide. Good. Um... I try to think who he was tackling. Oh, are you boys boring our audience whilst I've been away? Absolutely. Perfect. Tackling the outside. So it's the 10, the Kiwi-born 10, who's playing um, Jordan, playing for Glasgow, uh, covering across to make a tackle and just got his timing and height horribly wrong. Full pace, straight shoulder to the head. That probably cost Glasgow in, in the end, although you know Munster did well to keep them tight. I, I would just say this is probably one of the first times of the season or certainly for a long time, when their first choice back five of the scrum have been on the field together. Jean Klein, RG Snyman, Tyg Byrne. What, what was the Munster score, by the way? Uh, Glasgow 5, Munster 14. Oh, so, fair play. So well done to Egg Chasers listener, Graham Roundtree. And yeah. Uh, back for, yeah, the back five of the scrum, Jean Klein, RG Snyman, Tyg Byrne, Peter Amani, and Gavin Coombs. Yeah, so I want to talk to you about something here. Tasty. So I saw the interview with Jean, with Jean Klein before the kick-off. I, I fully intended to watch this game, but I didn't actually. In fact, I was going to watch all of them. And uh, well, anyway, um, <laughs> I watched. I watched the Storms Bulls game. I thought it was a great game. I thought it was an absolutely great game. Um, as a broadcaster, Tim, if you interview someone and they say, "Look," as in to cut you off, and then go with the boring answer, you should be able right there to terminate the interview, and also <laughs> you should have statutory powers to claim money back off the, back off the club for, for starting an answer with the word "look." Look, happens like, a lot, like, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like a dis- like they're trying to dismiss you. Look, we're just going to concentrate on what's in front of our face. Okay, stop there. Everyone, stop. Everyone, stop. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. It's uh, quite often another one that people sometimes do that, that has the is listen, listen, listen. Well, yeah, well, I, I am. I just asked you a question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as if you don't get it somehow. Like, no, no, I completely get it. These, are, mind you, some of the interviewers are, are not of your standard, Tim. So you know, maybe, maybe well, they're all right. I think they're, they're all right. Um, That's not what you said off self air. <laughs> we have we have long conversations about this all the time. Ulster are out. Oh no! I was hoping you weren't going to mention this, Tim. Of course, I was going to mention this. Oh, what happened, Phil? God. What happened? Beaten by the better team. Um, you were on the day. Yeah, definitely on the day. I, I don't really know. With us. So Ulster are losing quite a few boys at the end of this season. Kind of hoping for it to be a last hurrah, but it's ended up being a bit of a whimper. A bit, a bit like a slightly more successful version in the league of Exeter Chiefs this year. So there's going to be a bit of a rebuild. The bit that's frustrating, and it's probably one that I've spoken about before... It didn't massively affect this game, but Ulster's perseverance for the preference to kick for the corner rather than kick sticks, which you can do when you're playing Zebra or Dragons, but if you're playing knockout rugby against a team who are massively up for it, equally as physical as you, 
you are asking for trouble. Mm. You're, you're backing yourself when the odds of backing yourself are significantly lower than the odds of just kicking for the points. And I think it's a lesson that Ulster have not yet learned. They, they didn't... Uh, there's not an enormous amount of examples in this game, but throughout the season, it has been an issue. And I think if McFarland who I really, really like and really rate. And Tim, I know you've, you've met him several times, interviewed him several times. Lo- love the man. Love the man. Yeah, you've got a lot of time for him. If there is one weak point, it's that I can't help thinking, just do some simple statistical analysis of what is, from the various different points on the pitch, what is your success rate for three points? And you can get an aggregate return for doing that. And kicking the corners yes. against the opposition that you're talking about. If it's Dragons, you might be likely to score a five-point or seven-point try. If you're playing against Connacht or playing one of the South African teams or playing against Leinster, you can't. You simply can't afford to do it. You have to take the points when they're on offer to you. 100%. Mm. And that's a, uh, that is not only for uh, Ulster, that is for Exeter as well at the moment because they're... Driving Mall is nowhere near what it was, say, three years ago when they yes. were all conquering. Yeah. Well, did anyone see Stormers Bulls? I didn't. No, I, was, I, I watched this. I saw a couple of clips. I saw um, our boy Evan Roos scored it's, a lovely try. He got absolutely, absolutely by, battered by somebody. Kyle Brink. He That's got, right. Yeah, he got absolutely. <laughs> that was that was a hell of a carry. Yes, it was. I tell you what, I'm a bit in love with these South African teams. Like. <laughs> I'm with you, Tim, all the way when you said it was just, you know, the whole thing's a stupid idea. But seeing some of the teams that they're putting together now, I mean, they went from the whipping boys of the Super Rugby competition to just these powerhouses now. It's pretty cool that we're going to see Stormers in Galway in a semi-final. I thought it was in uh, Cape Town. Is it not? Uh, no, I think Connacht are at home, aren't they? Have I got that wrong? I think they would have travelled to Ulster. Uh, I think it's the highest... Oh, no, it has to be... It has to... Uh, or is that Champions Cup? No, I it's, think it's, it's Champions, Champions Cup. Cup where they have yeah. to be. They can't be in South Africa. Yeah. I th- I think I could be wrong. I think um, Connacht have to travel to Cape Town, yeah. oh. which, which is which is. I mean, that's not a bad way to end your season. Yeah, exactly. Connacht party just, on Long Street. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, don't, don't don't book the flight back. We'll sort, yeah. we'll sort that out. <laughs> I don't know. We're, what kind of, we're, we're not expecting to be in a final. I don't know what sort of software these South African teams are running, but the hardware is mighty impressive. <laughs> mighty impressive. You're right. You're quite right. It is. Uh, it is in Cape Town. Yeah. Um, so Ma- that, that's, that's quite an interesting split, actually. The the semi-finals. Um, just just to mention that, um, which is the Irish. Um, semi, which is Leinster, Munster, and then um, Connacht going away to Stormers, which you'd assume because of the fast turnaround means that Stormers will be going through. So it looks like a Stormers um, Leinster final. Stormers look phenomenal. Stormers, they've got a hell of a scrum. They they've got phenomenal. some outre- outrageous talent. Final at the Aviva Stadium, though. They move, they move so quick. And yeah, another final at the Aviva Stadium. Because there are two finals. They at are Aviva. desperate. Desperate to give Leinster some silverware this year. Whether they'll work on it, I don't know. But we'll see. Well, that, that's in the URC. It's because they finished top of the league. So okay. they. So as long as they go through, they get home advantage yeah. all the way. I think. Correct. Um, Whereas in in uh, Champions Cup, that, can, can I ask for some help, please? Contact TedChasers at gmail dot com or just get in touch with us, however you can, please. How, where can we watch top 14 rugby in England? Because... Not, not possible, mate. Next Saturday, 
Racing 92 versus Toulon is massive. This is a great game. Toulon are in seventh currently outside of the playoffs and Racing are four points ahead of them mm. in fourth position. Uh, and we've got just world stars on both teams. I want to watch this game mm. and I don't know how to watch it. What are we wanting to watch? We, we planned. It, we, we, it planned. Only, we were Last night we were going to watch a game, weren't we? It was only about half an hour before. Toulon La Rochelle we were going to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a good win for La Rochelle. Good win for La Rochelle. What have we got here, Phil, before we... Yeah, what, what are we drinking? Be our sommelier. Let me pass that, yeah. Um, it's a it's an unfiltered German Riesling. Mmm. Ho- hopefully it's nicely chilled. Who's that German rugby fan? Peter Hans... Peter Hans what? Peter Hans Derek Frank. Dennis Frank. Dennis, De- Dennis. Dennis Frank. Good old Dennis, long time oh, listener. Big, strong boy. Big, strong he's boy. old. <laughs> he's a massive boy. That reminds me, one, one of our listeners of uh, and veteran of two Tier 2 tours, Gavin Doyle. Uh, Gavin, I haven't, I haven't forgotten your um, quiz for next weekend. Ooh. It's a nice Riesling. It's lovely. So, uh, just before we go on, do you know what I've done with this little bin? Because Phil had the audacity to bring a bottle of wine around, which wasn't properly cooled. Um, <laughs> you, you, you text me asking if I had some wine on, on me when I text you I, just you, before that, saying I'm walking along the canal. Let me be clear. <laughs> Phil has, <laughs> Phil has a, mighty, a mighty impressive selection of both beers and wine in his wine fridge downstairs. A my, Always. He's the guy you want to visit for a quick beer. You want to visit Phil, right? So I assumed when he knew we were going for beer, he'd bring something with him. So I, I just thought that that would be what you did. Anyway, he went to the shop and got a warm bo- bottle of wine. So would you like to know what I've done here? Well, no, I firstly, yes, I would. But firstly, I just want just to bookend one conversation. Uh, I'm like a wine philistine. I haven't got a clue what's going on. What does unfiltered mean? Don't really know. But okay, it, it drew me to So the, I was trying to choose between, in JB and your um, local wine shop, Tiny Tipple, which is always very good. Mm. Um, trying to choose between a Grüneveltliner uh, Austrian Grüneveltliner. Oh, I had I had one of those in Switzerland on your recommendation. Uh, very, very very good. Yeah, they're always quite, quite a bit earthy, yeah. bit bit dry, bit minerally, um, which is kind of where I want my. I don't like anything too fl- fruity and floral. Um, so the, that and a um, unfiltered riesling, and I went for the unfiltered riesling not for any real reason, just because I thought. Yeah, unfiltered, you say? Yeah, unfiltered. They just removed the filter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? Normally I have yeah. my wine filtered, but yeah. on this yeah. occasion... Yeah. I mean, was it wasn't filtered there for a reason? Oh, well, if it wasn't. <laughs> so I was I in, there, um, I, as in wine shop Carrington's, right? I can't believe I fell for this. But um, I was about to buy a bottle of Whispering Angel, because I love my rosé, right? So can about- you imagine, just just firstly, can you imagine the eighteen-year-old asses listening to this? Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> look at what you're going to become, boys. Yeah, exactly. So I'm about to buy this bottle of uh, Whispering Angel, and this guy comes up to me. He's got a beard, he's got long hair. He's the antithesis of what I want to be. And uh, he's oh, buying Whispering Angel, are you? I was like, yep. Well, I mean, that's very nice if you want to be on Instagram, but if you want something re- really cool, get this one. I just had a look at him and thought, hmm, hmm. Am I going to take style tips from this guy? I went, no. I am going to go on Instagram, and I will have the <laughs> I will have the whispering angel. Thank you very, thank you very much. The uh, I'm just trying to think of a rugby player. There must be lots of rugby players with a beard and long hair. 
No, no. This yeah. wasn't like... Um, uh, it Ernie wasn't Herbst. like... Uh, yeah, Ernie Herbst. He's exactly yeah, yeah. the man you aspire to be. It, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like that. Like, <laughs> be, it wasn't like that. He's not six foot six and 19 stone. No, he, no he wasn't. I bet he was good at Warhammer. And that's not actually not the insult you think it is. Um, <laughs> looking over yeah, there to your say, little you've cabinet. got Warhammer figures that you've painted. Like, I'm looking Thank, at them now. Yeah, yeah. What Thank, have we got there? What do you have there? Uh, I've Orcs? Got lots of... I've got lots of World War Two aircraft, and I've got some Space Marines. You know, uh, Space Marines. Is that what they are, yeah, Space yeah, Marines? Yeah. We've got what, are spe- what, are spe- what are the special powers of Space I've Marines? I've got no idea, because I've never played the game, but I did enjoy painting them. You like painting o- them? Over COVID, you know what, I spent hours and hours doing two things, burpees, press-ups, <laughs> and painting and painting models. And trumpet, actually. Oh, yeah. You you need to play the live intro yeah. at some point. Yeah, I fell out oh, with my trum- yeah. I fell out with my trumpet teacher, <laughs> so I've not, I've not replaced him yet. That is not like you. Yeah, yeah. God, another member of the domestic staff I need to replace. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've done all the Premiership yet. Shall we? Yeah, we've done all the Premiership. Sale, Sale beat someone, didn't they? Sale hammered yeah. Newcastle. Oh, well, yeah. So, so, yeah, we've done it. We've done all that. Wrap we touched on it. Uh, URC, we've we've covered. Um, and Brilliant. top fourteen. Help us watch it. Where the hell do we watch it? So when Premiership semis are next week, yeah, or it's a week off, or correct week yeah. off. Uh, sorry, next week, yes, next week. Then Great. there's a week off for the Champions Cup final, and then then it's Premiership final. Oh, we should actually mention. Hang on, it, when when do the when does the URC do its semis during the Premiership final next week? Of course, it didn't. Yeah. Okay, so we should mention just before we finish the rugby. Obviously, my beloved Ulster um, crashed out, which was heartbreaking. My other beloved team. The Hurricanes travelled to um, to Fiji to play the Fijian Drura and lost. Well, do you know why? Because yeah. the Fijian Drura are a seriously they're good a team. They're a seriously good team. And there, there was a wonderful... Because they're under the management of Mark Evans, that's why. Yes, agreed. Well, there's one great picture. Um, the, in fact, one of the only things I saw of the coronation. There's a couple of things I saw of the coronation. One was... Um, some horses that were doing weird little <laughs> sideways walks mm. and stuff. Couldn't be do you know who loves um, weird horses that do sideways walks? Or did, did until he died? Uh, Pablo Escobar, obsessed by them. <laughs> and cocaine hippos as well. Is that right? Yeah, there's there's those hippos that... Uh, he he, t- he got he took hippos to Colombia. They started breeding and they've become a bit of a problem. No, and they they referred to as the cocaine hippos. What, this every now and again, there's a story which, which the headline always has Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos, <laughs> and then it, complete the rest of the headline. Yeah, I, wow. I, mean, I wouldn't have thought that they were too hard to hunt down. Personally, I uh, think I think if I was if I was charged with finding all the hippos, I think I could do that. Mm. Of all the animals, how many are there? I don't know. I mean, if there's a couple of hundred, I'd find them. Yeah, I mean they live in water. There's only so many, so many bodies. Of, hey. How many hippos from Pablo Escobar are there in Colombia? <laughs> there are five from Pablo Escobar, but another twenty from other drug lords. From the original four hippos that escaped from Escobar's country estate, about 130 exist. What? Well, one hundred and thirty. That's, so that's you could, substantial. You yeah. could hunt that though. You, you, I, could, I could hunt that. Man, you, Colombia's a big, big old country. Isn't so, it? They're only going to be bodies of water, and presumably together. <laughs> they live together mostly. Yeah, let's go hippo clubbing. <laughs> hippo clubbing. <laughs> hippo clubbing is. Um, it, it does. Sound, it does sound like a natural club. Colombia's <laughs> a country I would love to go to. In fact, there's one guy on. Maybe you, amazing. There's one guy on YouTube who is, is. I can't remember his name. He's. I think he's a, a Scandinavian fella. But he basically travels around South America and just takes videos of him the whole time. And it's wild. Mm. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm going into a place where all the locals have told me not to go. And he just goes with his camera out and 
just really? goes into these real rough who, parts and just who is that I'm, I'm gonna I'll find out his name but um, I just accidentally stumbled I thought it was maybe you serving me the YouTube algorithm no. I thought it was maybe someone you'd watched because uh, um, it just popped up on YouTube and I, started, I went down a rabbit hole watching about 100 videos and he just meets lots of incredible South American women on his travels and <laughs> it's great wow but me when, I think I told this story in the pod about 12 months ago when me and JB went to Lisbon to watch Portugal versus Russia. Hang on a minute. That's, oh, go on, go on, go on. That's sadly, sadly the uh, p- the invasion cancelled because it was the week before. Yeah. The only good part of the invasion was this. <laughs> we, we were watching... What, what, we were watching the early kickoff, 12.30 kickoff. We'd yes, been we for were. our run, watching the early kickoff uh, in a pub and some bloke started chatting to me at the bar when I was getting... I was getting our friends a beer. Were they Scandinavian? Yes, I think they were. I was getting the four of us some beers. And he started, he's like, what are you doing over here? Business or pleasure? And I was like, oh, just, just over to watch the rugby. And he's like, oh. I asked him, well, are you here for business or, or just for a good time? He's like, I'm here on business. Colombian business. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, right. okay, this conversation is over. Yeah. I'm going okay. back away. Yeah. Um, he's called Kurt, he's called Kurt Kaz. And here's a little video of a Colombian woman. Maybe taking- working for the embassy. Uh, a Venezuelan woman taking him into her home and meeting all of her family. Oh, she's gorgeous. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sure that's incidental to the story. <laughs> I don't care about the rest of the story. But anyway, but, but yeah, you, you see um, loads... For, you, that guy, Kurt Kaz, his name is, and he's well worth... Um, <laughs> it's some, he, has some, he has a wild time. 1.74 million... So he's obviously not... Wow, fair play. But he just goes around... Let's have a look at... No, no, let's just... Let's (laughs) let's Let's finish the the rugby and then we can... Yeah, let's review the games. And and we'll talk about his videos and people on him over a beer later. No, I think we've got... um, Yeah, you'd like like him. Um, He's the kind of guy you aspire to be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've got... What are the semi-finals next week? What have we got? So in URC, we've got... Munster-Leinster. Munster-Leinster in Dublin. Stormers so, Connacht. So Leinster, Le- Leinster Stormers. Yeah, it's going to be two home wins, I think. Okay. Leinster Stormers final, which is and if it's not last I... year's champions, the Stormers playing Leinster, perennial mm. champions. That's pretty good. That that will be a great game That's if, a great if it final. plays out. Now, I I did think that Ulster were going to beat Connacht, so it might not quite play out like that. But my okay. money would be on that. Now let's talk about things we know about. Yes. Um. So it's going to be Sale Leicester. Yeah. Keeping on hell of a ding dong at the AJ Bell. Yep. And Saracens Northampton, which I think will be slightly more uh, simple. To in predict. the rugby paper today, do you want to see what Josh Beaumont said about Sale v Leicester? He said, "You'll be shocked by this." Um, okay, go on. Josh Beaumont. Said, hand, hand. It's Josh Beaumont, right? Yeah. So he's going to say, "Like we he's really nice respect guy, them. We're going to concentrate on ourselves, and you never know what will happen, but we'll try our hardest or something like that." What? what how do you think? What do you think Josh Beaumont would have said about what he expects the game to be? It's going to be tough and com- tough physical confrontational. You know what they bring. <laughs> Beaumont predicts a physical encounter. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> you don't say. Well. <laughs> Sale playing Leicester. I like Josh Beaumont. He's a good guy. I like him too, but that was a bit easy, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So He's the, right, though. He's right. So we've got the Manu and Ford ball. Oh, Manu's resigned for sale. Yeah. That, right, let's just talk about this. That was a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. Yeah, but we didn't talk about it. Yeah. So the reason I want to talk about it is not literally just because it's a sale story. And I think it's the wrong the wrong decision through and through. For both parties. For everyone involved. Yeah. For everyone involved. Yeah. I mean, it's good, maybe, for the casual fan that doesn't watch rugby anymore. Manu's still here. Look, we've got a star name. Come and watch him, right? Why bother? He's not that good good anymore. 
well, that's just it. He's just not that good anymore. So I don't know what they're paying him. It must be drastically below what you'd have thought he could get. And Manu must... And I think this is... You've got to remember, we always talk about... Um, we always talk about, oh, go and get the cash in Japan or France and stuff. But there are other factors to there consider. Right. And Courtney Laws is a great example of this. We know what a great family man he is. Mm. He's, mm-hmm. he's got four kids. They're of, they're of an age where just rocking the boat and taking them out of school, you wouldn't want to do it. Manu, we've seen his house because we've got a friend who lives just around yep. the corner. So seen his house. It's a nice. lovely house. Yeah. I, I mean, be, and he's made enough. He's made lots of money. I, I might be quite happy to, yeah, to I think, live in the Cheshire suburbs myself. Uh, yeah, I, I guess the other way to spin this is, look, if you're sale and you're doing such a good job of keeping your players happy, you can keep people who would otherwise expect a lot more money. But the question is, is it a good place to spend your money? And I'd say no, it's not, because he has been much more available for sale than he ever has for Leicester, which is good. But we're not seeing... Maybe he wasn't available for Leicester because the sheer demands he put on his body through the way he used to play Mm. just don't... They're just not the same now. I mean, he might be a great guy to have around the training park. He might be... All of, all of these wonderful things. He's not the old Manu. There's just not. I've not seen him have one Manu to allow. We don't know what that. We don't, as you say, we don't know what. Yeah, I mean, look. If he's, if it's like there was one moment in the autumn internationals where he levelled. I think it was Gonzalez, the London Irish flanker. He absolutely levelled him. But that is one moment in the last eighteen months or so. Mm. So yeah, exactly. It's if that's what you're banking on. Good luck. It's a lot of money to be spending yeah. for, for yeah, that, you know, for that payoff. Cell, I don't think he is, like, the centrepiece that he once was. Um, Thank you very much, Phil. No, no, I just think this is not a Premiership-style signing, though. You've got to spend your money on people. Like, you've got to be looking for the new Dan Kelly. Here's the way I'll go with the semi-finals. Um, Saracen's going to win. They're going to be Yeah, we've got that one. Yeah. Fine. Um, yeah. I, would, I would say if Leicester beat Sale... I make Leicester favourites for the Premiership. Interesting. If Sale, if um, if Sale, no, 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 hold on, no, 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 other way round. If Sale win, Sale. If Sale win, I put Sale favourites for the yep. final, and if Leicester win, I put Saracens favourites. I think for you the have final. it the wrong way round. So, well, the fact is, I was originally saying it the other way round. Yeah. Um, so, I think well, let's just talk about this game. So, they match up quite nicely these teams because. Leicester Tigers are all about the possession and the pressure. Uh, and Sale are all about the physicality and defence. So my criticism of Leicester Tigers is that they do the pressure bit great. And they've done it great. Even against Leicester, they were doing it pretty well. So they can win the territory. They can kick the points. Sorry, not kick the points. I, I, actually, they can I'm, kick the I'm line flipping, What I was saying originally is the way I think. I think Saracens have got the better of Sale. I think Leicester will have That's the That's exactly right. I completely agree with that one, 100%. Um... But then, once Leicester get down in that 22, they're not clinical enough. They need to be far more clinical. And against Sale, they are probably the best team in the league at defending. Maybe maybe Saracens are on par with them, but defending in, in that 22. So can can Leicester break down Sale? I'm not sure that they can. And then Sale have got their own weapons. Mm, I think Sale, but not by much. So I just on that for next week, I think you're right in the analysis that Leicester are more likely to beat Saracens than Sale. I still think Saracens are favourite, regardless of who they play mm. in the final. There again, Sale are sort of slowly catching up Saracens bit by bit by bit, and every time Saracens have beaten Sale, they've been closer to the old Saracens than what they are now. So Saracens sort of they are declining. It's very gradual, but it is definitely 
a thing which is happening. Sale have managed to stay relatively consistent. In fact, if anything, they've improved. They've got they've got Johnny Hill, who's actually been a success, and I didn't think that that, that would be the case. Carpenter, Roebuck, oh, yep. Flaherty's been a success. Yeah, he's been a great, he's, he's been, been a great signing, quality signing, and of course George Ford. Right, so yeah. the, and don't forget Dan Dupree at thirteen. Rob, Rob, Rob Dupree. Sorry, Rob. Dupree. <laughs> he might as well have done. Dupree. Dan Dupree was on the bench yeah. uh, yesterday. I don't think was he it? came on. Ah, but he's back yeah. as well. And Rob Dupree was named in the Premiership Player of the Year shortlist. Was he? Quite well, he right. can't. He can't yeah. really say he's the best ten in the Premiership, but he has to have a mention. He, he was. Great. He was. He was the best ten in the Premiership for the first half of the season. Yeah, but even when he's the best ten in the Premiership, you can't call him the best ten in the Premiership. Premiership team of the season: Val Rapava, Ruskin, Hooker, probably Montoya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be Montoya. Tight head prop. That's one I have tr- struggle with. Uh, yeah. Jamal Ford Robinson. It would have been Fraser Balmain if he'd stayed fit because he was awesome yeah. at the start of the season. But I, I don't, I don't, I honestly can't pick the title prop. Take your pick. I don't know. There isn't a standout candidate in my mind. Yeah. Uh, second rows. DeChavez for Newcastle the first half of the season was immense. Interesting. Fell yeah. off. Second yeah. rows. Second rows is hard to pick as well. Uh, some of them haven't played enough. God, I don't know. Yeah, actually. the best ones just don't play enough. They just don't play enough. Yeah, and it's hard to pick almost any Eng- England international because they've hardly played. Yeah, it's really hard second round. So three, four, five, struggling. Back maybe ro- maybe Johnny Hill's a good shout maybe. because I because he's Johnny not Hill. played for England. Back row, you've got a, a number of choices: Ben Earl, Tom Pearson, Tom Ben, Pearson. ben, Earl, ben Earl's got to be in it. Tom ben, Pearson's got to be in it. And Ben Curry's been in awesome. Ted Hill, Ted Hill's a great shout. Ted Hill's a shout. Yeah. Um, there's other contenders as well. Scrum off Alex Mitchell Lieb- by a mile. Liebenberg, I think, is in the back row because he's so important for he's them. Be- he has been very. And he plays Mitchell almost is a every- good chart actually. Who is better than Alex Mitchell at the moment? No one. No Alex no Mitchell's one. been the best Premiership yeah. scrum off by a mile. Danny, a notable mention to Danny Kerr who keeps churning it out, but Mitchell fly off. It's Paddy Jackson or Rob Dupree. Paddy Jackson. I mean, like he, I mean, Rob Dupree's had a great season, but he's not Paddy Jackson. Uh, Finn Smith, I think, has been great as well. He has Finn been Smith, good. Despite the, the turbulence in the first half of his, his season. Found his feet very nicely at Northampton. There's a good um, article in the Mail interview with Finn Smith, uh, who drives the worst car in the Northampton um, good lad. squad. Which, yeah, he's, he's still... Getting, you from, getting him, like, three miles across town. Yeah, and he's still driving the... Um, Ford Fiesta they got for his 17th birthday. I like that. Good lad. Which is, yeah, fair play, particularly when he knows how easily it can be lost. So I, I think... I think it's, That's a really astute point. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a really... You'd see other people would be straight into the Range Rover. Oh, contract, contract at Northampton. Uh, particularly when you've got England to go park training. it next to the other players. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, 100%. I knew, I knew a that, fl- that takes quite a lot of confidence and uh, self-awareness to... I really liked it, yeah. I I'm not going to name any names. because I gave, No, I'm not going to name... Sorry, even positions, right? Because <laughs> you'll probably get the guy immediately with a little bit of thinking. But I knew a rugby player once. I still know him now, actually. And he just lost his job, his first professional contract. And he lost his job... At the, at a prof- at an unknown professional team on the day that he lost his contract it's like do you fancy going for a beer and we'll watch the semi-finals sorry to hear about what, what I mean. yeah yeah sure let's do that and um, he phoned me and said I, I can't come I was like why I'm picking up my Range Rover Sport I was like mate you got a job <laughs> and he picked up his Range Rover Sport and he's never played a second of professional rugby ever again oh my god ever that, again that no not that player okay no. sorry we'll I talk about it over a beer yeah, later yeah. Yeah. over a beer I'll tell you that- all right later that Finn Smith 
interview, it I don't know, it, it signified like uh, an astuteness that I wasn't expecting, yeah. but I was pleased to see. Yeah. Really liked it. Centres. Seb Atkinson. Uh, Seb Atkinson's a shout. Fraser Dingwall's been great. Ding, Dingwall. I've always liked Seb Atkinson, I've got to say. Yeah, Dingwall is great. Dingwall probably gets a nod for me at 12. 13. Hmm. Hmm. Just working my Ollie Lawrence. Oh, Ollie, um, Lawrence. Lo- Ollie Lawrence, but uh, maybe at 12, um, Bernard Yancey van Rensburg. Oh, but, but he's Ben Hard. Ben Hard. Ben Hard, Yancey so van Rensburg, and Ollie Lawrence are the two so best centres. You're right. And then the back three, Matteo Carreras. Yeah. Yes. Oh, player, Santiago. Player, probably player of the season. Santiago well. Carreras. Maybe. Yeah. Caden Murley's up there. Caden Murley, he's got the, 15 other, tries. the other winger. Santiago, Santiago Carreras for me. Fullback. Oh, yeah, Santiago Carreras. Fullback is, Santi. Yeah. He's not a bad shout. Joe Carpenter would be a shout there. Yeah, Joe Carpenter. Yeah, Carpenter's good. not a bad shout. He's not, he's not Santiago Carreras. No. Any other back threes? Um, Arundel's not played anywhere who you, near who enough. Who did you pick at nine? Mitchell. Yeah, because Gus Wall's about to win the Premiership, so... Interesting that... Did we name a single Saracens player in there? That's a great point. Oh, Theo, Theo McFarland was uh, by yeah. a mile... Oh, Ben Earl we did. Yeah, um, Ben Earl's good. Theo, Theo McFarland, you're right, though. Um, you're right. Elliot Daly, probably. Actually, do you know what? I would give the 15 spot to Elliot Daly. He can't. He, he, can't, he, he can't. was that good in the first... He was the best player in the league. That access, between, you know, that access between Farrell and... Daily when they were firing looked awesome, amazing. Yeah. It did look awesome. I mean, that could be the thing which cost England dear. It could, could have cost Eddie Jones' job. To be fair, <laughs> yes. Um, Theo McFarland is out for the um, the semi final yeah. final. It, do we know if Billy's going to be back? No, don't but think so. We do, we don't know, or we don't think he will be back. We don't know, and I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think he will, from what I, I can so. recall, but I could be wrong. So that that is two big losses, massive, because um, they they are both um, enormous individuals and they're and, very very and Sale or Leicester are going to go at them in the back row. Yeah, yeah, and they, they lose they do lose some size because you you probably be Earl Christie and well, Christie's out as well. Is Christie out as well? Yeah, did he break something? They've, yeah, they've, they've, they've got Christie McFarland and Vinopola, an international back row. Yeah, out. yeah, Christie. So, so they've got Earl, move, Jackson, Ray, and... Ma- I would move Marrow. And, and probably Aziz... Uh, well, they have been playing Ezequiel there. But yeah, Marrow, Ezequiel. Yeah. I would move Marrow to six. That, play is what, that is what they will do. Ezequiel and They'll play one of those Tizard. two. Yeah, I would do the same, but they will play, probably play Ezequiel at six again. Ezequiel, yeah. Earl, Ray. Yeah. Which is, is a drop-off. It, it is. It's quite a drop-off. Um, oh. It's still handy, but... Mm. Interesting. It makes it. It makes the final interest. It's not going to make the Northampton game. Well, if Northampton win, just say if Northampton win it, does that change your opinion of who wins the final? Is it still? Is it then Northampton could win it? I like Northampton. I like Northampton, but they're not going to win it. I don't think it's they match a tough up. Ask. I don't think they match up well with Saracens. Speaking of Northampton, is Big Courts available? Yep. Yeah. Oh, they're going to win it. Courts, Lewis Ludlam, and Augustus in the back row. It's pretty tidy. Speaking of Northampton, did you see? The message we got sent by Simon Cowgill, who no. forwarded us Jamal Ford Robinson's tweet, which is this. Have you seen it, either no. of you? Tell, tell me, I'll pass it to JB, tell me what that picture is, or those two pictures are. It is, it is Lewis Ludlum, Lewis, no it's not, is it Lewis Ludlum? 
is Lewis Ludlum. Ludlow, Lewis Ludlow, and what's he dressed as? Uh, Lewis, Lewis Ludlum. <laughs> yes, yes. So it's a, it's Gloucester's end of season party. And or Lewis Ludlum's uh, response to that was to say, "Looking good, looking good. Sleeves are a bit loose." <laughs> good luck. Banter. They are, they are a bit loose. I will say that. Well, only one of those two players is an England captain. <laughs> Correct. True. For now. For now. Um, Let's finish with a, a a game which Sean has sent in. Quite well, let's, okay, just, let's be just quick. quick. Just a quick. Game. Let's be quick because I want to be on the beers <laughs> in five minutes. All right, Sean. Uh, Sean, thank you very much, Sean Kasky. Contact headchasers at gmail dot com. He says, uh, "Boys, pod blah as ever." Mm. Um, I'm not as full of rugby knowledge as you three. We know. I'm an Ireland fan, dreading the Rugby World Cup and not going past the quarterfinals again. That will be sickening. I'm an Ulster fan, dreading the next Leinster game. Oh. I'm a Marlowe fan and help run the under-16s. Marlowe? Marlo. Oh, hello. Yeah. Here we go. So anyway, so he, he says he, he, he appreciates Phil supporting his beloved Ulster yeah. and uh, me, Tim, me for the support for Marlowe. Die hard. He's gone over. Look about this for time and effort from Sean. He has gone over the 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 first nine seasons. For, uh, sorry. He went through season nine's first ten episodes to see how many minutes and seconds into each podcast it was before someone says one particular word. What do you think that word is? Marlow. Interesting. In- <laughs> <laughs> I'm finishing this wine. Sorry, boys. Enjoy it. Uh, so, uh, just going to play. Uh, I'll give you the off- options. You two between you. If you get it wrong, you have to have a sip. You have to have a sip of your wine. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm it's hi- higher or lower fashion. The uh, I could I should have got the audio. Interesting. That would have been better. Shall I, shall I save the game and get the audio of you saying interesting? If you want to go through the audio, you no, go through the it'll audio. Take no, okay. so long. No, no, no. Let, let He's given the time code, though. Oh, has he? Fair play. He's given the time code for it. Oh, do you know what? Just, just, we'll just play it. Let's on, play it. On, ep- it. on episode one of season nine, it, it was 11 minutes and 42 seconds before. Um, Does he say who says it? <laughs> well, he actually gives some stats. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> on who says it the most. Phil says it six times. Out of the ten, uh, JB says three times. And oh. I, I'm, I'm very conservative in my use of the word interesting. I only yeah yeah. You understand. When Phil says interesting, it usually means the opposite. <laughs> it's like I'm saying I'm so humbled that I've just won the world series. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Been he, the greatest player of all time. So uh, first episode one, eleven minutes forty two. Episode two was. Do you think it came higher or lower than eleven minutes and forty two into the podcast? It's got to come lower. It's got to come lower. It's so interesting. Uh, I also think lower. You're both wrong, take a sip. Oh. It came at 12 minutes 45. Oh. Epi- episode 3, higher or lower? Then, 12 lower. Well, it must be lower. Oh, no, I see there's a trend here. It's, it's going to be higher. Phil, you can drink. It was yeah! 5 minutes 37. Epi- oh, episode 4, fast. higher or lower than... Higher. 5.37. Has to be higher. Yes, correct. 14 minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, episode 5, higher or lower than 14.35? Lower. Higher. Phil, you can drink yes! uh, five minutes nineteen. Episode six, higher or lower than five nineteen? Higher, lower. It's higher. Phil, yes, nine oh nine. Episode seven, higher or lower? Lower. Higher. 
JB, drink. No! Yeah. 37 minutes and 6 seconds. 37 minutes? 37? What were we doing? How boring were we? <laughs> Did he say who, who was that? that it said doesn't it? say on that episode, Was it an episode no. that I was missing for a week? <laughs> Quite, it'd be worth checking. <laughs> uh, okay, episode 8, higher or lower than 37.06? Lower. Gotta be lower. Correct. Uh, 27.53. 27, Epi- wow. Episode 9, higher or lower than 27, uh, 23.57? Uh, lower. Lower. Both wrong. Have a sip. It's what? Uh, episode nine, 32 minutes and nine seconds. Wow. Are, we really slowed? Are we getting sluggish as the season goes on? Yeah. And episode 10, higher or lower than 32.09? Has to be lower. lower. Both have a sip. Oh. 48 oh, minutes and 11. Least, 48 minutes. At least I won. Sean, I love that level of commitment and effort. And thank you very much. Unbelievable. Top, uh, good luck to uh, Marlowe's under 16s, I presume <laughs> under 17s next season. Look, junior Colts. Proper rugby hey, I've got a question for you later on over a beer about Aylesbury Rugby Club, my my rugby club of choice. Mm. Um, but I'll Great tell you, club. I'll tell Great you about. Club. Oh, and I, I, oh, one, one more email that I just want to mention: uh, contacteggchasers at gmail Mark Anderton has got in touch. Uh, Aloe Egg Chasers LTBP blah. Quick shout out request for Chew Valley Under 16s who have just completed their final season together as a group, undefeated. Played 18, Amazing. 118, 4792 against 180, collecting the Bristol Combination and Somerset Cups along the way. A talented group of players who play the game hard but in the right spirit. And what's more satisfying to us coaches is how rugby has helped them grow as boys throughout their years together, building their individual confidence and hopefully forming friendships that will last for years to come. See, RFU, are you listening? This, this, mm. this is mm. what rugby is. Uh, yeah. Their rugby will inevitably change as they move on to Colts and other rugby academies, school, etc. But the boys, coaches and parents should look back on this season with immense pride for what they achieved on and off the pitch. Keep up the good work and please keep going. JB, my nine-year-old loves listening to your rants on the school run. Ah, good <laughs> uh, less swearing, please, JB, in future. Yeah. Um, right, so... so- we're gonna we're gonna call this podcast a day now. Yes. What, one thing f- for me to say. Yes, of course. Um, we're playing a game. Oh yeah, we are. In in two weeks' time, twentieth of May. I'm landing from Greece and oh. and driving to or training. I need to get to wherever the game is. Driving out and training. Um, so twentieth of May. If you have any interest, any capability to play that game, we do actually need players. We need. Do we need players? We need. Uh, a but couple not, of outside not backs. numbers, but we could just in terms of positionally, we could do with a few back speedsters. Yes. Why? I, I'm if fast. you're a, if you're a speedster I, over thirty five, I think I could. Ollie Pool. Ollie Pool. <laughs> Our friend Ollie Pool. We need someone to. He's the fastest Ollie. man over forty in the world, or something. Well, he was he was top five uh, earlier last year. He was top five in the UK at a point when number one was one Dwayne Chambers. <laughs> so this is top five over 40. They're very similar builds, though, aren't they? <laughs> they You've got Ollie Paul and Dwayne Chambers in a room, you'd think they're the same person. Similar physiques, yes. Um, he's, doing, he's doing very well. Do you know who he competed against about two weeks ago? I do, but I'm not going to ruin it for you. Um, an absolute legend. One of the all-time legends of British athletics is son, Elliot. Elliot Daly. <laughs> well, um, uh, think of Daly. Thompson. Oh, Elliot Thompson. Elliot That's who Thompson. I was thinking. That's yeah. who I was thinking. Elliot. When I said Daly, I was thinking <laughs> oh, nice. Thompson. Yes. Yeah. Um, Daly Thompson. And he got, he got, had a chat and got a couple of pictures with 
daily top one of the all-time legend that man is i love the um the short shorts daily thompson used to wear oh, are immense the mustache and, that, and the sh- that that gb kit that daily thompson used to oh. wear back in the day is awesome. isn't it amazing great like, stash athletics is one of those sports that's just it's not died a death i mean people are interested in it during the olympics but people used to actually know these people as like household names like the, david steve thompson was Graham, like steve ovet yeah little people battle. actually knew these people well, it's, again it's, well, it's, it's it's the same with rugby people used to know rugby players because ryan moore will carling jerry guscott all these players used well, because to be, it was on tv i guess because it was on tv and there was only four channels and yeah, they used to show yeah. diamond league like you could turn on a tuesday and watch you know some some sprinting or, or whatnot well, they still do athletics like on terrestrial telly but it's just there's so many other cho- choices no one, no, one bothers, no one bothers watching yeah. it I still fi- I do find it interesting same with, I love same with darts and snooker like that snooker did you watch any of the snooker the other weekend no but nope. snooker is I having... used to watch that all the time I used, to love, I used to love I find watching snooker incredibly therapeutic I don't know what it is like the silence well, well, the... Dart, darts has had a real rebirth yeah, yeah. oh yeah. darts has yeah because yeah. they know their audience they know that RFU, listen, know your audience, you <laughs> morons, you absolute morons. So get in touch, uh, con- contact eggchasers at, at right. gmail.com. If you're anywhere in the no, Midlands no. area or, or fancy coming on a night out in the... Yeah, so if you're uh, over... Th- so if so Bourneville's where the game is, but we're well, going we, to be we're we're going going to in Birmingham. We're going to Birmingham. So if you're over 35 and fancy playing rugby, give us a shout. Contact eggchasers at gmail.com. Yeah. If you're under 35 or any age... You want to pretend and, you're over 35. And fancy a beer... <laughs> Let us know. Contact, contact eggchasers at gmail.com. One last thing. Start the show, I said I'd tell a story. Yes. I'm happy to save, save that for another time. Shall okay. I save it for another time? Your call. Tim? You I, th- the, I think you one. have actually told the story on a podcast before. Have I? I think so. What I, happens is it one, one where someone was running down the street and yes. then loads of rugby players yes. came back? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly the one. Yeah, so it's on, an, it's on an episode previously. If anyone wants to hear it, they can. But why don't you give the rough headlines? We, it was a night out in Mojo's with... Rough headlines are this. It ended up in a bouncer running down the street, chased by one rugby player, who in turn was chased by four rugby players who were trying to stop the original rugby player from attacking the bouncer. The first, the bouncer turns around and sees six rugby players or whatever it is running after him. All of his mates run after all the other rugby players. So, you know, I've got one, one, four... So the five rugby players were trying, trying like to... It's def- almost like a Fibonacci sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so the, the five rugby players were trying to defuse it, but he interpreted right. it, and they, all yes. the bouncers because interpreted it if you're a bouncer, all you're doing is you're looking back, one. and you're seeing one guy chasing you, and five of his mates behind him, and you're yeah. thinking, right, let's go. Let, let's absolutely <laughs> go. Um, there's a big story b- uh, before us as well. And then behind that group of rugby players, eight or nine bouncers. So now you've got one, one bouncer, one rugby player, five rugby players... Eight bouncers. <laughs> and then all of the other replays are like, huh, all my mates are going to get beaten up by bouncers. Let's go. And this was a massive team, by the way. Like, we were huge. I'm 6'2". I'm comfortably the smallest guy there. We were huge. Was and then this we the all- team where Ginge was the scrum half? Yeah, I was scrum half for 6'3". Is this in North yeah. Wales? <laughs> <laughs> it's <in North laughs> absolutely massive. This is at Mojo's, but in North Wales. Uh, the North Wales team, but in Mojo's. Yeah. Yes. They were, the, Mojo's Manchester the, with the, the North Wales They were on team. a stag. And the reason that this happened is even more bizarre than what actually happened. So then the rest of the crew, I don't know, 20-odd players, start running after the eight bouncers. The first bouncer, rightly so, gets in his car and drives off, <laughs> leaving one rugby player on his own, surrounded by his mates, surrounded by the next nine bouncers, surrounded by the, the rest of the team. And we're all looking at each other like a Mexican standoff. I'm like, are we here to fight? Well, no fighting going on. What are you guys doing? Well, we don't know. We're not fighting anyone either. 
So after a tense negotiation, we all agreed among ourselves we were all going to go back into Mojo's and no one was going to say a word about the scenario. <laughs> so we all walked up in like a big group of 35 and then we went and it was a great night. And the guy who escaped in his car got fired for leaving his mates alone. Wow. <laughs> Which is absolutely right, by the way. I mean, if you're... if you've He gone, looked like John Ovi Mikel. The spitting image. <laughs> the spitting image. He might have been better at football than John Ovi Mikel as before. <laughs> So. Yeah, John Obi Mikel was one of those uh, football manager players, like awesome on football manager, like like uh, Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu. <laughs> Freddie Adu. Um, right, I think we're done. If we're talking about Freddie Adu, mm. we are done. We are done. Uh, right, yeah, that's it. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 